This is Let's Talk Business with your hosts, Mark Ebinger and Heather Bain. Now, here's Mark. Welcome to Let's Talk Business, a show that talks entrepreneurship with some of the best businesses in the San Antonio area. Coming up on the show today, we're going to talk with one of my favorite people, Kirby Caden, the managing partner of Caden Solutions that specializes in sales training and marketing for small to medium-sized businesses. Kirby, welcome to the show. So good to see you again, Mark. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, man, I'm excited that you're here. I mean, we had not seen each other in quite a while until I ran into bad. you at a coffee shop, and, and I just love that we're reconnected and uh, that you're going to be on me the show. Too. I'm super proud of you. I know this is uh, not necessarily about you, but to see your evolution and trajectory from a great cop into an outstanding business person has been really a delight to watch. Um, and I'm a connoisseur of greatness, and you're certainly in that uh, in those ranks. I so. qualify, right? Or yeah. at least I'm trying to qualify, I, right? You, you know, I've been pulled over quite a bit, never by you, but I always thought it'd be great to be <laughs> pulled over by oh, you when you were a cop. So That would have been funny. Yeah. I would have loved that. I don't know if I would have been any more successful of getting out of a ticket with you than I would anyone else. But Oh, I would have never wrote you ter- a ticket, Kirby. You'd have been fine. <laughs> All right, I'm your host, Mark Ebinger, the owner of Krukus Marketing Agency, a company that specializes in giving small businesses a competitive edge by hiring administrative and social media experts from the Philippines for as little as 7 bucks an hour. This is how I built my business, and it has enabled me to a great extent uh, to do lots of things that I wouldn't have been otherwise able to do. So I have loved in learning that process, implementing that process, being a product of the product, and then creating a business that services that service or product to other small businesses that are trying to make it through. Yeah, there, absolutely. So. And there's there's no blueprint for it. You had to create it, which is the exciting part. Really? I mean, I know there's other virtual assistant services out there. What do you think's kind of unique about what, what I'm doing? I, I think what you're doing is uh, quite unique just because of your approach. You came from a very different industry, honestly, and you've turned it into... Um, sort of an adjunct business that perfectly complements what you're doing in the podcast world, which is beautiful. So uh, you're your own press, which is uh, absolutely fabulous. Um, And it really, because you've targeted small to medium-sized businesses, you're really talking to the people that could most take advantage of a virtual assistant. I just think the whole thing's brilliant. Yeah, and I'm really kind of leveling up on LinkedIn, too. I'm just about to launch some more stuff on there, which I think LinkedIn, we know that LinkedIn's kind of one of those underutilized platforms. Everybody seems to say that, Uh, but it's been great for me over there, but I'm I'm fixing to launch a whole other layer of what I'm doing there. I'm excited about that, but it's all virtual assistants. I I wouldn't be able to play this game, Kirby, without, you know, because I can't, I don't have a big budget, right? I have to kind of scrap you know, with everything and virtual assistants give me that leverage that I'm looking for so that I can get things done same and with, keep moving. Same with your clients. And in particularly in light of the pandemic, yeah. you were doing the right work at exactly the right time. The pandemic sort of peeled back the curtain on what's possible for any size business uh, with uh, virtual employees, people being very, very functional from the home. Um, the commute is obviously a lot easier except maybe around the coffee pod in the kitchen. Uh, but uh, people love to work at home. Uh, there's tons of office space that is empty because mm. they've realized that they can optimize uh, productivity, businesses I'm referring to, and still have very happy employees that stay. So it's a win-win. This concept of having virtual assistants to help support that remote task force is a way less expensive and way more effective 
uh, strategy, particularly because you are markedly or exponentially increasing the touch points with a client. Um, just coming here for me, um, I can't tell you the number of your team members that have reached out to me to make sure I showed up on time and um, uh, and all of that. It's uh, it's a magnificent way, and you look bigger as a consequence. Yeah, so one of my favorite bands is uh, Motley Crue from back in the day. I didn't, I wasn't actually a fan of Motley Crue at the time. It was a little bit too <laughs> hardcore for me. But one of the things, I watched a documentary on them, and one of the things they talked about is how they acted as if, right? They When they were picked up by a record label, they promoted them as if they had already made it. Yeah. And it was all like fakery, right? I mean, it, it, I think that's the term that was used, but it was this this... Here, this is who we are, but it wasn't who they are. They were at the time, but they were very capable of that. Obviously, I mean, they've been around for what four decades now, or something yeah. like that. Crazy. But isn't that also true of every small business individual, every entrepreneur? You do have to fake it before you make it, and you have to build the trappings so that you look much bigger than you are. Um, yeah. Virtual assistance is a magnificent way to achieve that. Yeah, and podcasting too. So, because uh, this is a great platform, I love the studio. That's great. All right, Kirby, so uh, you're in sales consulting, and you've been in consulting and business coaching for a very long time. Tell me a little bit about your background. Yeah, sure. Um, after graduate school, um, I went into the advertising business and worked for the ad agency for Coca-Cola. We introduced uh, Mellow Yellow and Diet Coke. <laughs> that was really, really fun projects. If you remember, there was only pink tab cans, and now all of a sudden we were introducing a diet beverage specifically for adults and more specifically for men. It tasted better, but there was a stigma attached to it, but that was a really great adventure. Uh, fast forward, Diet Coke is one of the highest consumed diet beverages, which is absolutely fantastic. And after I was doing the ad agency work, I, I moved to the media side. Um, and uh, I went first from a sales position, then later into sales management. I, I became known as sort of a turnaround guy in media, where they'd give me these um, underperforming uh, media properties, and I would turn them around in a very short period of time for CBS, Clear Channel, Univision, etc. And then uh, in 2011, um, I decided that I wanted to take this concept of inspired change or re-engineering of a business to small and medium-sized business. So I left the media world. Um, and open Cadence Solutions with the objective of taking these fantastic people who are these entrepreneurs uh, that love what they do, but they don't know how to scale and build their business. And the other thing, which I think is very important, you talked in the context of Motley Crue about mindset and all that, what I find very, very prevalent is that the mindset of a business person um, uh, 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 is challenged by their own imposter syndrome. And what do I mean by that? Do I deserve to be happy? Do I deserve to uh, have a great business? Do mm -hmm. I deserve to be, uh, be able to scale? Do I deserve to compete with the leaders in a vertical? Uh, those sort of things. So um, that's what my practice is now, and it's sort of morphed as I've had all these experiences in 50 different plus industries, um, you know, businesses are really very, very similar, even though the industries couldn't be 
more different. Well, that would be a question that I actually had for you is, you know, how can you work in so many different industries? You know what I mean? Because it comes down to the core principles at play here, right? Yeah, 100%. But the... Every business is built on the same foundation. That is lead generation. Here's the big one. Lead conversion. Then it's customer retention and customer care and uh, being a partner in the success of that business. And then it's the P&L. What can we do with the P&L? What can we do creatively? What can we buy smarter, et cetera? So those four ingredients are the foundation of every single business. And here's the joy for me is that I get introduced to these businesses. I may not have much of an acquaintance with, but the business owner is the expert. So when we work together, as you can imagine, Mark, as a consultant, I don't make decisions. I make recommendations. But the business owner who has the perspective and who has that legacy in the industry and knows what works and doesn't is able to take these recommendations and honestly say, you know, Kirby, that was one of the worst ideas I've ever heard. Or, wow, that could just work. Um, And when they explore the possibilities, that's where it gets really, really exciting. So... What are you most rewarded by when you're working with a client? It's very interesting. Um, And it's a little bit bizarre, but uh, (laughs) it's a great question. Um, You know, when I was in sales, and for most people, it's about the money and all that. And the money was great, and I made a lot of it, and I was very successful, and won sales contests and all that. But none of that um, could even hold a candle to the joy of taking a fantastic young individual with raw sales talent encoded on their DNA and turning them into a superstar. And I have had the good fortune and privilege to do that in so many different occasions. First, with the um, you know Fortune 500 businesses that I was working inside of, and then with all of these small businesses. Um, it's, it's just amazing. When you change somebody's life, um, it, it really gives you purpose. And that's the greatest joy for me, Mark, is watching these great people that just need an unbiased, unfiltered, honest perspective to help them get to the, their next plateau. So That's a lot of fun. It's, as a dad, right, yeah, I, I can experience with my daughter when, you know, she's, she clicks with something she really enjoys. It is very, very rewarding. Yeah, so that's everything. Yeah. So um, when it comes to hiring salespeople, is that easy to do or no? <laughs> it, it sounds like, you know, it, it could be challenging, but uh, I'm just going to ask straight out, is it easy or is it hard? And if it's hard, which I'm guessing it's going to be harder than easy, why? Yeah, great question. Okay, so let me give you a little statistic. Mm. 74% of the time that we hire somebody, we made a mistake. I'm going to say that number again, 74%. Would would you go to Vegas with those odds if no. you were going to lose 74% of the time? I feel like that's what I lose anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you're doing better than me, to be truthful, in uh, Vegas. Okay. But, um, th- th- and I'll tell you why. Really, only 1% of the U.S. population can do outside sales. And this is not something that you can learn. Sales is not a learned uh, talent. I'm going to call it a talent because the way you look, how high you can jump, how fast you can run, these are things that are inherent to your DNA. And sales is exactly the, the same thing. You cannot teach somebody 
to have courage, to have money motivation, to be driven beyond uh, what is typically required, to set goals and kill themselves to exceed them, um, and to be highly competitive and want to make sure that they're the number one salesperson. So if only 1% of the entire U.S. population is capable of that, guess what happens, Mark, when we put an ad in LinkedIn, you mentioned it, or Zip, uh, Zip Recruiter, or Indeed, what have you. And uh, we put an ad listing there. Everybody responds to that. Why? Because in sales, there are no requirements whatsoever. Yeah, okay. No educational requirements, no certification, no continuing education. You just say, dude, I'm a seller, and there you go. And so those people, you'd be uh, absolutely astonished at the people that respond. And they respond because they know that the comp for a particular position can be equivalent to what some CEOs make and certainly the business owners. So everybody's drawn to these job listings and very few of them are capable. So now the business has a problem, Mark. Mm. Who's going to go through this tsunami yeah. of applications? Please. So what sets in hiring fatigue? Um, sometimes we meet somebody we'd love to have a beer with and um, we have what I call glaze. We get a glaze that we, we're, we're drawn to somebody and we think because we're drawn to them that they're going to go out and knock down walls and uh, meet everybody they need to to bring in business. And it just doesn't happen that way. So, again, 74%, this is not my number, by the way, there was a study done of over 2 million salespeople, over 30,000 companies, nearly 90,000 hires. And they looked at what was the trajectory of these people over time. So, and you can even get this in HubSpot, but the mean uh, tenure for a salesperson is 18 months, and 74% of them never uh, never amount to anything. 6% of them, Mark, are elite. These are the individuals that very quickly, uh, and I'm talking in a period of six months or so, elevate themselves when they enter an organization to the top tier seller. Okay. 6%. There's another 20% that are good but they need work and they need sales management and they need accountability and all of that. But that's only 24% of the people that we hire. The, uh, I'm sorry, 26%. The other 74% are bad hires. So let's just talk about the impact to a company for a bad hire. Oh, it's so frustrating, right? I mean, uh, it's, it's ridiculous. And let me tell you, um, what I've curated over time is because I made all these mistakes, Mark. Fortunately, it was with other people's money. You know, these bigger companies, you could afford to, to be lousy at it. But over time, I got so frustrated that I curated this process, which, um, which I'm super excited. I'm, I'm going to develop an online course in this to help small and medium-sized businesses on the sales hiring hack. And that'll come out in the next couple of months or so. But the, the problem is with hiring that we don't test those people enough to really uh, see if, number one, they'll pass muster, and number two, whether they have the stamina and the drive to continue to succeed. Well, small business owners, to be honest, I think maybe we don't know what we're doing. When I first started hiring, 
I mean, I've been a cop for 30 years, so I mean, I know how to interview people. I thought I was it. You know, I thought I knew exactly what's going on, right? It's not necessarily the case. So I think that one of the hurdles here is that business owners, we don't know what we don't know, and maybe we don't know where to get help in that yeah. space. Yeah. And what's the value of that help? Because yeah. at the end of the day, we're looking at the bottom of the line. So yeah. if for a small to medium-sized business owner who's like, well, what value are you going to bring to come in and hire sales people for me? Yeah. How would you answer that? Yeah. Well, let, let's talk about the pain of a bad hire. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I'm, I'm imagining that a salesperson with benefits costs about 100000 or not. When I compute um, the lack of new leads that somebody brings in, when I compute unconverted leads into the business, which we should really talk about because it's astounding how bad that is. When I talk about um, uh, the training, the hiring process, all the hours that, that go into really providing somebody everything they need to be successful, and then they let you down. And then you consider, if you've got a bad salesperson, that is a spokesperson for your brand. Mm -hmm. So you're losing goodwill, and, and here's the one that hurts the most. When you don't have revenue coming in, now all of a sudden, as a business owner, you're making other decisions. Now people start losing their jobs. Um, the goodwill that you would have with your employees begins to deteriorate over time because they're seeing that business owner lay off people and they wonder whether, whether, whether they are with a winning company or a losing company. And now they start looking. So the impact of sales talent is profound. And as I said, it, uh, for somebody who's making a hundred grand, the cost to the organization over 18 months is well over $300,000. And, and you got to ask yourself, how many times do you want to travel down that road? Right. As opposed to taking the time, the energy that is required to making an outstanding hire. Um, it's, it's, it's a big deal. So first, let, let's talk, uh, talk about that. Second, let's talk about um, from a business owner standpoint, there is not a single problem in a business that cannot be resolved by more revenue, <laughs> right? <laughs> so if all of a sudden sales is the oxygen in a business, right? And when, when the aperture of that sales revenue is, is constricted, now all of a sudden the business owner is forced to make some tough decisions, right? But when the aperture is wide open, now all of a sudden the trouble in the business is getting to scale and making sure the customer experience is outstanding and hiring enough of the right people to be able to service this magnificent number of new folks. So um, the, the cost is absolutely astronomical and the payoff is huge, but you got to do it right. You can't fall in love with uh, somebody who you find um, unavoidably charming because it goes well beyond that. Yeah, and we're not taught. I I would challenge our people taught that in school in college on hiring the right salespeople. Absolutely that, not. No. Yeah. So where does that come from? How does a business owner even know to reach out to someone like you or even find someone like you that can help them? get to where they need to be and save all the headaches involved with salespeople? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, and uh, the, the truth is they probably don't know, and it only occurs to them 
after they've made some of those $300,000 mistakes Ugh. that somebody may have thought about how to do this a better way. Somebody has unlocked the alchemy to find great people. And that's what I feel like I did when I was with uh, those media companies and what I do today in my practice with my small business people. I will tell you about a client that I started about a year and a half ago or so. Um, he had had a salesperson there, Mark, that had not sold anything in one year. So that brings up a lot of things, right? Why would you keep somebody a year with, with zero revenue? Yeah. And it is the objectivity that we lose when we're business owners because these two guys were friends. Oh. And when you bring a friend or a relative into a business, you have lost the single most important element of, of decision making, which is objectivity. I was going to say perspective, but yeah, objectivity, you know, you're right. No, you're right. I think that trumps uh, perspective. But. Yeah, absolutely. So um, when people make mistakes, they start to do a search, and that's when they might come up with my name. I get a tremendous number of referrals from my existing clients who tell their friends that are struggling with, well, the same problem they had, uh, uh, et cetera. But this company I was talking about, had this guy hadn't sold anything for a year, we go in, uh, we make the necessary change, and we go through what I call my obstacle course. Um, and we go through the obstacle course. Uh, we, you know, you, you kiss a lot of frogs during that process. But ultimately, at the end of that obstacle course, what drops out is a profoundly passionate, talented individual that wants nothing more than to work for your company. And when you have that, the results speak for themselves. Oh, so that enthusiasm just carries through everything they're absolutely. doing. Absolutely. In in less than a year, this guy put $2 million of new business on the books. Wow. And so, that's great for both sides of it. And yeah. for you, obviously matching that hire or helping them get the, to the point where they got that person hired, yeah. the right person for the right job, and just an abundance of success. Yeah, no, it's uh, it changes one's perspective. You become from... Uh, imposter to uh, successful business person, uh, uh, the pride that you have, the excitement to do th great things for your, your employees, the ability to grow, buy real estate, investments, a bigger house. It is... Uh, feeling su successful. Feeling successful. It's so joyous for me to watch this happen. That's why I love what I do and I'm passionate about it. So, so you've got a course coming out, right? I know you're, how deep you want to go into talking about it. Can you give us an overview of what that's, what it's going to look and feel like? Only or? for you, Mark, <laughs> because I adore you. Yeah. So um, what I am doing is putting together a course uh, that is very easy and digestible and it teaches people how to find great people fast. Okay, um, there are about six different stages. The first is um, that you've got to understand that the journey to find outstanding people is perpetual. You have always got to be recruiting. The second thing, and I'll go back to the first one in a second. The second thing is you have to have, you, you, and it took me a while to do this, but you have to submit yourself to the fact that you cannot train a salesperson. They either have it or they don't have it, number one. And number two is they are not necessarily in a sales position when you meet them. I hired a uh, disc jockey uh, into one of the media properties. He became one of the most outstanding uh, sales 
people that I've ever hired became a sales manager and escalated himself. And wherever he goes, he is a rainmaker and absolutely uh, fabulous. So what I'm saying is that if you meet a waitress or uh, an auto repair person that exhibits the qualities and the command and the courage and those elements that you see in salespeople, you've got to talk to them and bring them in because, because without any disrespect to anybody, Mark, nobody's business is so complicated that it can't be taught. Right. Yeah. So what we have to do is we have to find those inherent talents in people wherever we find them. So the first thing is you have to be perpetually uh, looking for talent. Um, the second thing, as I said, is you've got to understand that it's on the DNA. It's literally encoded on the DNA um, and it makes us what we are. The third is you have to attract great people um, who are money motivated. And so how do you do that? Well, everybody wants to do an ad, but it's what you say in that ad and how you engage people that are most likely to be attracted uh, to your industry and to be successful in your industry that is really critical. So we talk about uh, that particular piece. Um, the other place is that you uh, talk to your clients, you secret shop your competitors, um, we give all sorts of strategies on how you begin to attract people, um, you know, to your offer. The, the fourth thing, and this is where uh, the magic happens, is I've created this obstacle course. This obstacle course does not make it easy, Mark, for somebody to get through there. And it's not complicated. We're not asking them to cure cancer. We're asking them to follow up without asking them. So when you see a salesperson, you say, please follow up on this lead. You're virtually doing the very thing they should be doing anyway. So during the sales process, we are having these people prove that they are the right people because of their follow up in the process. Because also um, when you have an interview with somebody, it's like your speedometer. It is your speed at that moment. It is not your average speed or how far you've traveled, et cetera. So during this sales hiring process, we have a lot of touch points. Mm. And along those touch points, we see them in different circumstances. So we get a holistic 360 understanding of how that person is going to behave. And are they pushing the ball down the field? Are they following up? Are they asking the right questions? Are they following up with the business owner? Are they doing what we've asked them to do as they continue through this obstacle course? And that's really the key. The next thing is uh, assessments. I believe very much in assessments. And there are sort of two kinds of assessments that fall into the sales area. They first are, they are the personality assessments, which are honestly no good. They are directional but they aren't definitive. And there is a smaller group of sales-specific assessments um, that I have used that are highly predictive and have been shown to have a corollary with people that are successful in the long run. So if you're gonna invest $300,000, what's your return on a new salesperson? Peace. You know, sometimes it takes four years, et cetera. But if the average tenure is 18 months, you lose money every time. Exactly. So that's the thing. And then the last piece, Mark, is background and uh, checking background, uh, uh, their background, and also references. The key to the references is you, you're happy to talk to the references they provided, 
but you got to find the ones they didn't mention. That's where you're really pulling back the curtain on how somebody behaves uh, either with a customer or uh, in a previous employment situation. So once you have all that, what happens is as you go through this entire process, what's left at the bottom are capable, talented, strong, uh, 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 highly motivated salespeople. And then the last piece is gut. What does your gut tell you? And um, Like a little chemistry in there too, right? Yeah. Is it a good fit for the, the company, the boss? Great point. Cultural <clears throat> alignment, absolutely. Um, is does that person feel like they can take you to the next level, and that's that's really the key. So we take people through the entirety of of that. Um, I have a couple of hacks in there that make it much shorter. I know when people hear that, they seems like oh my god, that's a lot of work. First of all, it's worth it if you do it all yourself. But secondly, there are many uh, very efficient ways to have uh, other talented employees uh, uh, do the, the heavy lifting in that process. So, hmm. so uh, how long have you been using this system yourself, this kind of, uh, I That's know you're, yeah. you, you got the course that you're launching, yeah, yeah. but you've actually implemented this oh, yeah. through, back how many years have you been using back this? Back in the 90s. Wow. It's a winner. So how come you're waiting until just now to start releasing this as a course? <laughs> you should have released it a long time ago. It's very interesting because we were talking about leverage in business. Yeah. And what you're doing is providing this magnificent um, uh, aperture for people's business to, to broaden because you have virtual assistants, right? For me, uh, my joy is working directly with people uh, individually. And so if somebody would hire me... Um, as their consultant coach, I would spend time with them and I would only reveal these secrets to that person. And what mm -hmm. I found is that I have no leverage in my business. And I think any coach and in some ways lawyers and doctors have the same issue. It's very difficult to get leverage when you're the one doing, um, uh, you're, you're the one doing the work. Uh, what I've discovered is, you know, the butcher's kids are the last ones to get, I'm sorry, not the butcher, but the shoemaker's kids are the last one to get shoes. And it just occurred to me that um, I need to provide this to people uh, uh, in any walk of life, in any country, um, to have access to the tricks that I've learned and have been very successful to hire really outstanding people. So. What's the course going to look like? Is it going to be a series of videos? Is yeah. it going to explain that a little bit. Yeah, sure. Um, and again, I'm still in development, um, but it is going to be a series of documents. It is a for example, one of them, the most important is the checklist. So you're scoring people on, for example, key themes that are predictive of success in outside sales. Another is uh, their follow-up. Um, one thing that I will be teaching people in the videos is how to listen to the word choices that people make when they're communicating with you. It is fascinating when you ask certain questions. I have a list of 35 initial questions that I ask every candidate. Um, and those questions, people really reveal themselves. And the reason is, is because in this instrument that uh, I use, I'm coming at that person very quickly with questions, right? 
And so what you're going to hear is their knee-jerk reaction, what comes to their mind first. And what comes to their mind first is exactly who they are. And that's the trick with that uh, initial screening uh, uh, assessment that, that I've done. Um, and when people do that, it's very clear whether somebody is going to be capable or not and is worth your time or not. So um, it will be, um, for example, a checklist, for example, a list of the questions. Um, it will be a scoring sheet. It will be uh, looking for key words that uh, people are mentioning during the course of that and what that truly means as opposed to what they want you to think it means. Mm. Um, you know, the, the problem, Mark, is that most resumes are Disney fairy tales, right? There's very little authentic, I don't want to say it that way. I, there's um, there's a, a certain bent towards exaggeration. Let's put it, is that delicate enough? What yeah. In, in resumes, and you, you have to prove that out. So this is videos. These are uh, documents that you'll be able to download, um, a score sheet, and you'll be all set to go. And you'll be amazing how it'll change your business. Does any of that involve like uh, actual consultation with you uh, as well? Or is that like maybe part of a package or something that you would have? Yeah, the, if, if after people go through that process, they're still having an issue, um, you know, we sort of guarantee that you're going to get great people. And if they're not, we'll work with them for free if they don't. However, if they're looking for more of accountability, they're looking for uh, me to either participate in the process or conduct that process, my team conduct that process, or if they're looking for one-on-one um, -on -one consultation, that would obviously be a bigger investment. But I'm, I'm making this very accessible to any small business. Oh, I like that. I like that. Well, uh, and coaching courses and all that, I mean, it's, it's all the rave. People want to be able to consume that information on their own time, and, and it's more affordable typically uh, to be able to get that online. So it's pretty yeah. cool. So there's a question here that I've got. I said, what would you say is the number two most serious problem you see with the businesses you have worked with? And I know you've worked with a lot of yeah. businesses, right? Right. And I'm curious why that that – you know, the number two most serious problem, what would be the number one is like, they don't have great sales. salespeople. Yeah, right. <laughs> so number two then, I mean, what what's the, right the, next to that? This is a great question. This one will surprise you. Yeah. It's mindset. Oh, that doesn't so, surprise me at all. I'm all about mindset. Yeah. So um, I would say about 60% of my work is on extrinsic things, such as the market, such as hiring salespeople, sales management, making sure after doing research with customers that our service or product well aligns with their needs, et cetera. Um, but about 40% of what I do is, is really the mindset. Um, and this is what I was referring to earlier, this, this sort of imposter syndrome that many business people have. Um, they don't until they, I have the opportunity to talk to them, do not think that they are capable of certain things that they need to be doing in order to build their business. 
and sometimes they need um, some external courage. <laughs> sometimes they need practice. And so I will work with them on their mindset. But it is unbelievable how impactful a mindset is, Mark. And some of this comes from their upbringing. Some of this comes from their work experience. Some of their mindset comes from the last phone call they just got, right? And so uh, this is deeply more complicated than pricing a new product, right, that, that I'll help people with. This is very, very complicated. I'll give you one small example. There was a client I have, and I don't want to reveal the industry because I don't want to uh, uh, let people guess, but this particular person um, was personally making, you know, about $60,000 or so in, in their business. And we started working together. And before you knew it, this individual was making a buck 50, getting close to 200. And then this individual sabotaged their business. Mm. And they didn't do it knowingly. They started to make some decisions um, that they probably could have predicted were going to submarine their business. And so when um, they decided they were gonna you know, uh, go it on their own, and they came back to me after a while and said, you know, I don't know what happened. Um, we were doing so great and I felt like I knew how to do this. And then you know, we went our separate ways and then the business just sort of uh, began to decay. I don't know what happened. And we got into it and Mark, um, this individual's grandmother, I believe it was, had told this individual that if they make over $100,000, that they're the devil. Oh, jeez. What a, what a beautiful thing to say to somebody. Well, I think it was well-intended. And this, no, no, here's what I mean. <laughs> is, <laughs> is what the grandmother, I think, was trying to say is there is more to life than money. And absolutely, she's right about that. The, the, the problem is that it was so welded into this individual's psyche that this individual unknowingly um, sabotaged their own business. Wow. So um, the number two issue is mindset, the can-do attitude, and to help people understand the outside limits of their own talents and, and walk them there with authority, with confidence, uh, with excitement to bring their business to the next level. I love that. All right, Kirby, uh, great chat. If folks want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Yeah, thank you, Mark. Uh, they can reach out to me by email at kirby at caden.solutions. That's K-I-R-B-Y at caden, K-A-D-E-N dot solutions, plural, no.com. So kirby at caden.solutions, or they can call my office. It's 210 280-8053. Awesome, Kirby. Thanks a lot. All right. As we wrap up the show, quick reminder to check out our latest podcast or catch video version of the show anytime by visiting our website at satalkradio.com. That's going to be it for us. You guys have a great week. Thanks, and we'll man. see you on the next one. Thanks, man.